0: We're gonna talk about some of Florida Gators top 2025 recruiting targets here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators,
1: your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day, we are available daily and free reviews in the podcast and on YouTube. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Wilson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants, Country, and NFL 33. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the GameTime app Create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. And joining in now is going to be Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And before we talk 2025, kids, LinkedIn is the college recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown Podcast Network. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to. Faster, post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. And Brian, we're going to start by talking about DJ Pickett today just because I mean, we, we've talked about him probably more than any other 2025 kid that we've actually talked about. So we've gone through him a few times here and he is the elite of the elite. Yesterday on Lockdown Gators I talked about how Florida has not been able to bring in that elite defensive back. You know since Jason Marshall Florida hasn't brought in the top defensive back in, in the state and it's very frustrating but uh how do you feel about dj pickett and his potential for the Florida Gators? i think that is the holding pattern um i was actually texting
1: with his dad earlier like his last two visits were lsu and oregon he is all over the map checking out everything making sure no rock is unturned but i mean he lives about an hour and 40 minutes from gainesville from his house so Really shouldn't be that hard for them to get him on campus. But then again, I'm not sure when that's supposed to happen, if it is what the communication's like, because it's a new staff. That's a kid, though, that if you don't at least get him on campus a couple of times between now and the end of the summer, official, unofficial, whatever combination there there might be, that's a bad sign. That's a kid that has been to Florida before, and I know there's been turnover with the staff, DB coaches change, et cetera. But I mean, you're state, you, and you're right down the road in Tampa, where he basically lives. He lives in Zephyr Hills. It's right on the edge of Tampa. Those are the kinds of kids you got to get on campus and have an opportunity with. So, and there's playing time available because last year's secondary, while talented, didn't prove anything. So, I'm skeptical of this year's group until otherwise proven. I'm sure you are as well. Matter of fact, I know you are. And uh, it's look, there, there's no way you can't just recruit him as hard as possible. Uh, As I've told you before, when he was six foot one and an eighth grader, he was locking down kids in the Tampa area. And I would have taken him as an eighth grader, flat out, as crazy as that is. He's as rare physically as any DB I've ever scouted. Now he's six, three and a half and still playing corner. Uh, The last tournament battle that I saw him at and I even told him before the game and he knew it was going to happen. They won't throw at him. I can't get any film of him. (laughs) I got one clip. He played an offensive play and scored a touchdown. It's the one clip I got. They they will not throw to his side of the field. So another another game, one of my buddies did same thing. Got zero clips. There's there's a reason that he's as rare as he is. That quarterbacks avoid him like the plague.
0: Yeah, with his like you like you said so frequently, rare size and skill set. Long term, he he's listed on some recruiting sites as a safety, some as a corner. I'm going to assume Florida's recruiting in that corner because, I mean you recruit a guy for the most valuable position you can get him at. And if that doesn't work, then move him. But where do you think he's better suited long-term?
1: I would say free safety if you have big-time corners because his break on the ball for a long kid is sickening. Uh, He reminds me a little bit of Kyle Hamilton, if that tells you anything, what kind of speed. I mean, he's obviously pretty good. So there are different kinds of personalities. Um, DJ doesn't say boo. He'll hand the ball to the ref, walk off the field, but that's after he scores or picks it off. Who cares what he says? He just makes plays. He can play about any position skill-wise outside of running back. He's a little too long for that, but I would just take him and let it kind of roam into whatever it needs to be because he could play in the slot over a big tight end that's a flex guy. If that's the person that's eating you up, he's good with that too. He's got tremendous ball skills, anticipation, and I call him the spider because his arms are so long. It's it's just absurd. And I mean, I've known him since eighth grade, but he's he's darn near six foot four
0: now. That's just rarefied air for a corner, man. And you mentioned earlier with Florida having the new staff and how recruiting is going to be for them with someone like DJ Pickett specifically. And you have Will Harris coming in after Corey Raymond left. And Corey Raymond, of course, one of the best reputations of a defensive back coach, I think you can talk about when it comes to college football. How does that play into his recruiting where you got the reputation of Corey Raymond and the resume of Corey Raymond, but also last year and even the year prior cornerback specifically was just awful in Gainesville. And now you've got Will Harris who, while he's been out of college for a couple of years, his resume and his reputation, obviously not nearly as good as Corey Raymond, but still his resume is pretty good. He's got an all pro all American, First round pick corners and DBs at Washington. Now he's in charge for Florida. So, what is the trade off there of of not having as we'll say thick a resume, but also recency bias? Corey Raymond was terrible in Gainesville.
1: I think it's just a matter of whether or not they they hit it off. Obviously, Harris is going to recruit DJ Pickett or any other top corner in the South. It's Florida. You can open those doors pretty quickly. I don't know what it's going to be. Like I said, DJ is a pretty quiet kid. It's hard to read him. I've known him for a long time and it's still hard to read him. You just got to recruit him until he gets a restraining order on you. Pretty much. I mean, he's you're, you're just not going to find guys like him. Uh, he's going to work out at some spot. It's just a matter of where it's going to be. I would imagine they're making every effort to do so. Why would you not? I, I don't see any other obstacle, really. It's just relationship. But that is the key. As I've said a gazillion times on the show, kids pick the school based on the coach wearing the polo that says Florida, not, I know fans hate this. It's the way it is. They're going to pick the coach. Happens all the time. Look at the kids that transferred to Alabama from Washington or the recruits that looked at them, et cetera. It's the coach. And look at the guys that left Alabama because they left too. It's, it's the coach. It is what it is. So, the next two months are really important for Florida. If DJ does not visit for a spring practice, that that's not great. You know what I mean? You have to at least get him on campus for a practice, right? You know, a Saturday scrimmage or something like that where it's easy. If not, then it's just probably not going to happen.
0: Yeah, and I know that this is kind of an impossible <clears throat> question to, to ask of you, but you mentioned a couple of times, you know, getting him on campus in the next two months during spring practice, getting him on campus a few times by the end of the summer. What do you think DJ Pickett's commitment timeline is? Like, do you think this is going to be one where it really goes down to, obviously every recruitment goes down to the wire in 2024, but do you think it's one that's going to go down to the wire before we even get a commitment or is it going to be just summer kid? I'll
1: put it to you like this. If you call me and I'm standing next to DJ five minutes before he commits and I say, where are you going? And he tells me, I'll say there's a 50-50 chance that's where he's going because he has that many schools after him hard. That's nothing against DJ. It's just it's it's hard to tell 50 schools. No. Literally, Uh, the only school that hasn't offered him is Notre Dame and that's it. Like every other school, Major Power Five has offered it. It's insane. So. I don't know where he's going to go. I don't know what his visit schedule is. I know a couple months ago he dropped that top five or whatever. I, mean, I have no interest in that. I don't even know what it is. I care less. Because coaches change all the time and because all the circumstances with players leaving, like look at it this way, Alabama just lost their top two corners of the draft early. Do you think Alabama is going to come after him hard? I mean, they, they, that's rough, but you know that that's part of it. Who is it going to be this next year that turns pro early? That surprises and they can say, "Look, man, you can come in here at start." Could be Georgia. It's hard to say. So, Ford will be in the mix, but watch the next couple of months because if the Gators don't get him on campus, they're probably diving off a cliff on the on the DJ Pickett train.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure both Michigan and Alabama were in that top five that he put, and Oof. obviously they That's both have. Uh, yeah, they both had quite a few changes there on their coaching staff. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users can get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket this Sunday with code VEGAS100. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, view from your seats, and the best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And I will say if they have some things that are called zone deals that are absolutely sick. It's basically there's, there's a section that you buy and it's like a mystery seat type thing. And you get to go buy tickets, get a great seat. I got to see the Nets play the other day, which I'm, I'm not a Nets fan, but it was a good deal. And I got great tickets, genuinely great tickets for much cheaper than, uh, than they would have cost. So big fan of the zone deals and game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts in some events, it's the place to find last minute seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets to the game time. Right now, all game time, you just get $100 off a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Terms do apply. Just download the game time app. Use code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the big game, use code LOCKED ON for $20 off your first purchase. Uh, flipping to the offensive side and talking about flip candidates like we do so frequently here. Tight end Elias Williams, Elias Williams, uh, Georgia commit number one tight end in the country. What do you think Florida's got to do to to try and flip him? Because Florida's tight ends obviously haven't been Brock Bauer's caliber. They haven't been uh, Jatavion Sanders either. But you look at Hayden Hansen as the inline blocking tight end. Played that well, played it frequently, had got a ton of snaps there. You look at Arles Boardingham, who he kind of kind of found his role throughout the year of of being that really glorified power slot tight end there. But when you're looking at recruiting someone like Elias Williams and you're competing with Georgia of all places in recent years, especially, how does Florida kind of sell this? You could be that guy because That piece, I mean, you and I talked about this. The one thing Napier
1: has done, and I'm not sure why he hasn't gotten more credit for this, is set it up for their staff to go after a bunch of speedy receivers. It reminds me of Spurrier circa 1995. They had a bunch of guys that nobody could stay in front of. Well, that's what Florida did. They've got basically a track team at wide receiver right now. And that's a lot of fun to watch. And then you add a 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", kid, whatever, Who's a receiver listed as a tight end? He's a receiver. I don't care what his height, weight is, the way he plays. You watch his film, you're like, this is not fair. Like he's he plays in Nowheresville, Georgia, just murdering poor children that have mothers in the stand. And, you know, that film's going on YouTube. That's just a kid you can't guard at the high school level. And I really don't think a lot of guys at the college level will either, because when he's flexed out, a 6'2 safety is still going to be three to five inches. I don't know how tall he really is. Let's say it's 6'7 by some people. They're not going to guard him. So I'm not going to say he's Kyle Pitts, but at the same time, he's in that style and he's a little bit thicker at this stage, a little stronger. Man, his upside is through the roof. Um, your your point about Brock is true, but Kyle wasn't that long ago either. So, and he's my all time favorite tight end to watching college football because he wasn't a tight end, he was a receiver. And I think that's what this kid is too. Elias is, is a special talent. It's not good for college football if he goes to Georgia for the obvious reasons. They don't need those extra kind of weapons. So I hope he goes to Florida, but that's just me. And to be honest with you, I'm looking forward to seeing him in just over a week at the Under Armour event up in Atlanta. There's nobody to guard him there either.
0: Yeah. Um, I think there's nobody watching the show anymore. Cause I think they all just dropped dead when you said that you hope he went to Florida. Cause if you ask them, they swear you hate Florida. So I, I think that everybody watching just, just dropped dead when they heard you say that. Um, but looking at – yeah, I, I don't get it. Looking at uh, Elias Williams, Elias Williams, I'm going to keep screwing that one up for a bit. Um, but he's listed as six seven two thirty five. 235, which you mentioned. like Even if they're kind of inflating that height a little bit, that's still like six five at the absolute worst. It's just how many six five DBs man. do you know, Brandon? I don't know any. Okay. Yeah, no, not not a single one. Not <laughs> or and definitely not a good one. <laughs> um, exactly. Looking at what, what he can bring to the table, Florida also just brought in Amir Jackson in their 2024 That's class. So when you're looking at positional versatility and, and just getting speed on the field at every spot, how do they kind of pair in because florida does like to have a tight end in blocking and well amir jackson was running end arounds in high school and elise williams is listed as 6'7, 235 runs like a receiver so how do you kind of look at amir jackson and elise williams maybe playing together
1: i would run a lot of personnel that's 12 and put a couple of those speedy receivers out there one running back and then if you go no huddle Maybe you shift one, like depending on what you're trying to do, you may go slow and go a couple shifts, try to get a, a poor corner lined up with Williams. Good luck. A poor corner lined up with Jackson to the boundary. He's, you know, 220 pounds or whatever. Those kinds of matchups, worst case scenario, you're throwing jump balls to a guy that has the physical advantage. And they're also going to be physically gifted enough to block in space. If you give some of the little speedy receivers that are at Florida, I don't even pick one, I don't even care. If you execute it properly from the pass and the route being run, you know, the depth and all that, it just takes one guy to get a quality block. And then you got one safety, one on one with a guy that runs 4 4 and is twitchy. It's not a complex offense, but that's pretty much what Urban ran. That's pretty much the kind of stuff Spurrier ran. They got a combined three rings and I don't even know how many SEC titles out of doing that. Don't overthink it. You can make teams really be at a disadvantage with your personnel package. 22 and 12, you don't think of, like, up-tempo. But Amir Jackson and certainly, like, those aren't normal tight ends either. They're flex. They are basketball-type players playing football. They can take it off your head or they can help you, you know, just run a, a basic X screen where they cross and guys one blocks and one gets the ball. It's really generic. But, again, one guy to make miss if he gets a good block, and if you want to throw it to him, how many guys are going to guard him? I think they can do whatever they
0: want with those guys. And another player that Florida is trying to flip from a rival is Edge okay. J. who Hilson, who oh, yes. was an Alabama commit, flipped to Florida State, Correct. was supposed to be on campus in Gainesville this weekend, and instead Florida State? that is is correct yeah Yeah. um fun stuff for the florida gators there against uh uh, for Javian and hilson but how much does that really do you think impact their pursuit of him because it's like hey he was scheduled to come to florida and instead went to the place that he's currently committed that also happens to be a huge rival of yours well i mean
1: i interviewed him face to face and he told me he was going to go visit Maybe he took a -a midweek visit. I don't know about it, but they put all their pictures on Twitter or X, whatever. And he put Florida State photos up. So I'm going with he didn't make that visit. Um, He was pretty up for the visit. He was curious. I'm sure Florida State didn't want him to take it. Obviously, maybe they saw that I posted that and they were like, wait a minute. You know, that wouldn't surprise me. The point is still the same. The kid's pretty open minded but he loves how Florida State's him. He's got a great relationship with their staff. He told me, you know, that was basically the reason he committed. Shocker. It's a relationship thing. That doesn't mean Ford is going to stop. Yeah, I know. I know you're shocked, too. He's from Coco. And for those of you who don't know the state, that's just due east of Orlando, right on the coast. It's maybe two hours from Gainesville, depending on the route. I don't know. Look, that's a school. That's an area that is very UF heavy. They're going to keep going after him. His teammates committed to Ohio state. He's got another teammate that's committed to UCI. Or whatever, I mean, that school is loaded. They won state last year. They got an underclassman quarterback as offers from schools all over the country. You're going to recruit the heck out of that. If Florida goes over for that, we're going to do an entire show on how the Florida staff screwed up recruiting Coco. Okay. Because there's all kinds of players there. If they get none of them, that's sad. I don't care who the coach is. They have to get those kind of kids. He's a pure edge pass rusher. I saw him. He was competing with California power. It's a seven on 17 picket plays for, but they also have a five on five team that's loaded. Myron Charles, et cetera, et cetera. And he was murdering people. Hilson is way too athletic and way too strong and way too motivated. That's the kind of kid you want on your team. So I was told by one of the guys that covers him that like, when there's other things going on in town, he goes and works out by himself on Friday nights. He's, he's cut a little different. So like, in the last year or so he he's taken that that jump and it's just like way different. And he, he's proven it. Uh, his offer list, Alabama in particular, when Saban was still there, kind of a sign. So yeah, that's a kid. If you're Florida, you have to find a way to get him at least on campus a couple times, just like Pickett.
0: Yeah, for Hilson. Um, I can tell you now, this one's gonna come down to uh to signing day before we even have oh an actual moderate answer because looking at his timeline. Committed to Alabama in December. Nick Saban retired. He flipped to Florida State. He was in Gainesville for the Tennessee game, which was, if you're a defender and you're looking at what Florida did to Tennessee's offense in the beginning of the 2023 season, it was impressive as hell. Like, there's just no other way to put it. What Austin Armstrong did, that was his best coach game of the season. Uh, Javian Hilson was there. And afterwards, he said that Florida was near the top of his recruitment. So if you're Florida, how do you sell them? Like, 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 how do you, how do you sell Javian Hilson on, Hey, we know that, especially like with this coming down to the wire, you have to think that's, that's kind of an advantage for anybody that's not Florida state. As far as any bad Florida state news, they're just going to be like, Hey, like you, you want to go there.
1: Well, there's truth in that. And there's also a Florida state turnaround saying, well, look at what Florida's going through in this season. I don't anticipate it going well. But everybody's got negatives. It comes down to those people that are doing the recruitment more than what the recruitment's about. If your parents or your family, your coach, whatever, if they're comfortable with Napier and the staff, then you got a chance. If they're not, you're probably not. Hilson's an easygoing kid, but he's going to have people around him that are going to be influential, whoever they may be. Um, I can just about guarantee his coach is one. He's one of the better coaches in the South. They need to win all those battles around him to kind of flip him, and that would be for anybody, not just UF. But thats it's going to take something to get him to sign with somebody different, not named Florida State. He really likes them, but that doesn't mean that he didn't want to see UF. And I'll be surprised if he's not on campus at some point this spring. Again, it's only a couple hours. So UF needs to find a way to get into Coco and some of those schools through there anyway. There's a lot of talent on the Space Coast. That just happens to be the best player.
0: Happy Super Bowl week to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Fastest ball carrier, like I mentioned uh, yesterday or the day before, is just absolutely sick. Like having a, a fastest ball carrier prop, is amazing. I love it. I still haven't decided who I'm going to bet on. I'm leaning towards Rashi Rice. I feel like he gets the best catch and run opportunities. So he might be the one that that we talk about there. Uh, I'm I'm not doing the kick return stuff. Too many touchbacks. And you got to wait till you're in open space. I'm just saying new customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com to sign up. That's FanDuel dot com slash locked on make every moment more with fandle an official sportsbook partner of the nfl yeah and the last player that we're going to talk about today is caleb cunningham wide receiver number two receiver in the country um according to on three at least released a top 12 last week it's alabama auburn florida florida state georgia uh, georgia tech lsu mississippi state oklahoma Ole miss south carolina tennessee pretty elite company t- to be in there. Uh, what is your opinion of Caleb Cunningham? Cause he's someone that we haven't talked about to this point.
1: He is a kid from, I think it's Choctaw County or whatever it is. It's no yes, Waresville, Mississippi, typical of that state. It's an incredible per capita state top 10 in the nation every year for producing national football league talent, his highlight film. If you just like football in general, go ahead and look up Caleb Cunningham. And I hope that you don't have any friends that play on the teams that he's going against. They throw a lot of jump balls to him and stuff. And he's the kid that like you throw alley-oops to on a back screen and he's, he takes it and he cocks it back before he dunks it just because he can. His leaping ability and his hand-eye coordination are nasty. He's, he plays in a similar fashion to Jeremiah Smith. He's just not as thick. Like Jeremiah was 210 last year. This kid's about 6'2". I'd say 190, 185, and he just he runs by everybody. And if it's a short ball, it's worse for the DB because then you get YouTube. Then he just jumps over you. So it, it was pretty bad. I'm curious to see him at one of these camps, rivals or whatever it is, because I want to see him go up against some other Power Five kids. He's murdering the state of Mississippi, but they're on a ton of, of elite corners. He's going up against nobody keeps up with him though. He's the kind of guy you could put at center field in baseball, track, whatever even if he had never caught a pass, you just watch this kid run. You're like, we'll figure it out. We'll take that kid. I don't know where he's going to go, but Ford has had him on campus, I believe, multiple times. Look, I don't know what Billy's got going on in Mississippi, but they've had success getting a bunch of kids over the last couple of years on campus. The running back they got last year from Mississippi is one of the best running backs in the country. That's off a terrible season. They have to have deep roots in that state. Florida should not be counted out because, well, I mean, why would he be visiting now if they didn't have interest? That you know, there's no reason he can go wherever he wants. He can pick up the phone and call anybody in the country. He is an elite player.
0: Yeah, uh, Florida also had Jamonte Waller for quite some time out of Mississippi. No, um, you know. We're not going to talk about how that ended, but he, but they got him at one point. They had him um, for Florida. How do you kind of look at this recruitment and, and selling Florida to Caleb Cunningham, or at least? The job that they've done so far, because he, this was his third time on campus this weekend for Junior Day. He said he's coming back. Brought his family. Brought his girlfriend this time. He met uh, Billy Gonzalez or talked to Billy Gonzalez more. Talked to Billy Napier. Said he can thrive in the offense. Said that he loved meeting Billy G. They've been thr- they've been uh, raving about Coach Decker, David Decker, the uh, analyst with wide receivers, who is awesome by all accounts of anybody I've ever heard. He's awesome. So when you look at Caleb Cunningham, how do, how do you sell him? When Especially when I understand you get to go, well, Florida, they don't have that 6'3, 190 receiver exactly that you right. can do that. But at the same time, Florida hasn't succeeded in recruiting any of those 6'3, 190 receivers.
1: I think that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. You can be, although you're still a speed guy and he can run screens and all that. If you play him at boundary, and then you slide your coverage to all these little speedy guys, he's one-on-one. I'm telling you right now, there aren't many teams that want to be in that situation. But offenses have the advantage. And I don't know how much Billy wants to go up-tempo. I don't think that's his idea. But if you get another big-time guy, it'd be hard. You know, Elias, you get Cunningham, somebody like that. You can play boundary, flex type, whatever, a bigger guy. It changes your offensive identity. Because you can get out of those third and sevens just with the, okay, well, we don't have a play call here, but we're going to throw it to that guy over there and you're screwed because you don't have a guy to do anything about it. We're going to put him at boundary. You can't really double him over there. Good luck. You better have an NFL corner. Now, some of those teams in the, in the SEC have that, but there's only two or three of them. I mean, they're really on that level. Everybody thinks they are, but you know, there's only so many Kool-Aid McIndustries around college football. I would imagine that uh, Florida's offense would change immensely. Again, it only takes one guy really to change what you're doing. You could be a five-win team and quickly be a nine-win team. Think about what Kyle Pitts did for UF in 2020. Let's say he just sprained his ankle in week one. How many games did they win? Like if he had had a high ankle sprain and missed the first six weeks? I mean, that changes your entire season. You have a guy like that that nobody can cover, and you have to change your defensive look. That's why certain recruits, even though they're all – like a four-star is a four-star, and they're really not. A five-star is a five-star, they're really not. I'll take the five-star elite receiver over the offensive guard every time, okay? I'm not picking on anybody, but there's certain positions it's just different. Florida would be in a totally different situation going into this year if they had a big-bodied receiver and or tight end that you knew that was going to consistently hit big plays. Maybe they develop one, but it's not proven yet. So maybe it's Amir or somebody like that later in the year. I don't know, but they need that because their offense is too pedestrian. They need to throw the ball down the field, and Caleb would be one of those guys.
0: Yeah, we'd love to see them work uh, a vertical pass into the offense at some point. (laughs) Call call me crazy. It's not 1907 anymore. You can throw the ball forward. Um, But before I let you go, I do want to ask a question. It's not necessarily about Caleb Cunningham, but just recruiting at receiver in general, because obviously negative recruiting is a thing. We know that. Everybody's going to do it. And this isn't necessarily a negative, but it's public information that Billy Gonzalez's contract expires after this coming season. So if you're negatively recruiting are like if I'm if I'm Auburn, for example, am I talking to Caleb Cunningham and I'm just like, hey, the guy recruiting you a receiver might not even be there next year. Like his contract's out. Is that a thing that is that one of the negative recruiting points that we're gonna have to deal with? Does the sun come out each day? There
1: we go. That's 100 gonna happen. Oftentimes it really doesn't happen with so much with the coaches, but it's the people around. Your seven on seven coach, your high school coach, people looking out for it, like legitimately, you need to pick somebody and a program that's gonna have some continuity. Florida, let's just say they're at 12 commitments going into fall camp on August 1st. You and I are just talking it up about the Gators fall camp, not even talking recruiting that 12 could quickly be five at the end of September. If they started two and two, you know what I mean? Cause like then people start talking, that's just reality. It didn't used to be that way, but kids will quickly turn on a program. If they think something's going to go awry, or at least even if they're still publicly committed, they set three visits privately
0: with, you know, LSU, Auburn and Georgia. And America. you know, just, just saying Amaris Williams, that's,
1: uh, that, that, uh, was, that, that, that didn't happen. I, I've heard rumors about that. So if, if you don't start off good, all of the things we're talking about, yes, they can go right. We can't do anything until we get into the season. So that's why we're having these conversations. The only thing you can do is recruit your butt off and say, we're going to prove it in the season. I mean, what else are you going to say if you're Billy? What else are you going to say if you're Coach Napier? You can't play the games until September. So you just got to recruit hard and say, this is how we're going to use you. We'll show you the best of our ability once the season starts. I mean, you you have to fend it off until then. But again, it's still UF, State U, SEC. It's not hard to sell Florida. I'd say that every time I come on your show, and it's not going to change. It's a pretty easy place to recruit to.
0: Yeah, gonna be uh gonna be really easy to sell Florida to Florida kids if you can actually beat all of the in state schools. You play you play all of the power five in state schools this year. Sure. So You win those and no one can say anything about you. Like no one in state can say a single thing about you. It's like, all right, well, scoreboard. But thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith, Locked On Recruiting Insider. Catch him all throughout the Locked On College channel and catch him every day with Locked On Seminoles and every week, Locked On Gators. Thank you, sir. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts for Locked On Gators. I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.